Hello and welcome back to Deep in Christ. Today I'm joined by my good friend and colleague here at the Coming Home Network, Brother Rex Anthony Norris, and we're discussing prayer when prayer is difficult. Here in a moment. Welcome back to Deep in Christ. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi, here at the Coming Home Network, and I thank you for joining me again for this ongoing discussion about our life in Christ, the day-to-day opportunities that we have to grow in grace, no matter where we are, no matter where you are in relation to your faith, in relation to the Catholic Church. Again, the Coming Home Network is here to assist people to discover the truth and beauty of the Catholic Church, but wherever you may be, wherever I am, in our lives, in our vocations today, we have the opportunity to grow closer to Christ, to grow in submission to Him, in devotion to Him, in prayer. And prayer is what we're talking about today, and I'm joined by a good friend and colleague, Brother Rex. Brother, thanks for joining me today. Good to be here with you, John Mark. Thank you for asking me. Absolutely. I enjoy all of our talks. Um, you know, we, we've, uh, how long have I known you? I think we met when I was in my brief stint in seminary. seminary. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, down in, in Columbus, Ohio. And we've had many good conversations since then, as our own vocations have led us on different paths. But uh, to this day, I enjoy getting together and talking to you about this topic, about life in Christ and how we're doing or not doing <laughs> that well. Right. So before I get into the topic a little bit, you know, why don't you just take a moment to tell a little bit about who you are uh, sure. and where you come from? Sure, thank you. Well, I'm, I'm a diocesan hermit. I live in the Diocese of Portland, Maine. Um, I've known John Mark. I've known you for how many years ago? I don't know how many years oh, that was. Yeah, that's been a while. Been long. <laughs> Through you came to know your father and the Coming Home Network, and uh, uh, one thing led to another. And uh, several years ago, your father asked me if I would be willing to um, uh, come on to the, uh, the Coming Home Network staff and um, and essentially be the behind the scenes prayer for the Coming Home Network. Mm-hmm. And here we are. And my life uh, as a diocesan hermit lends itself well to that to that uh, to that apostolate. So yeah. I'm very happy to be the behind the scene guy for yeah. The, yeah, we send you all our prayer requests, and you, you know, you help curate uh, spiritual content for the online community, and other four thousand and like counting, that. I think, four thousand <laughs> prayer requests I've had so far. I think. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your prayers, and I appreciate our good our good discussions. You yourself are a convert. What What was your background? What was your quick quick uh, overview of that? So I grew up in the uh, uh, Presbyterian Church USA. Um, and then left as a teenager, as, as many f- people are wont to do, and uh, had a sort of a conversion experience as a young adult, returned to the Presbyterian Church, and uh, from there I found my way into the Methodist Church, mostly because it was closer than, uh, than the Presbyterian <laughs> Church that I was attending. Hey, it works. And uh, then again, uh, as grace continued to draw me uh, closer to Christ, I found myself uh, then uh, longing for uh, finding out about liturgy and how important that is uh, to the church and to our our beings as uh, as uh, human beings, this liturgy is important. We all we all are engaged in liturgy, yeah. um, even in our day to day life, and uh, that led me to the Episcopal Church. And then, uh, as many Episcopalians uh, before me have said, uh, they they just kept saying yes to Jesus, and Jesus kept drawing them home. Uh, to the Catholic Church. So I entered the Catholic Church in um, uh, 2000, John uh, St. John Paul II's class of 2000, 
and I've never looked back. Yeah. Blessed beyond belief. <laughs> Likewise. Well, thank you, brother. And and uh, for the audience, if you want to know more about Brother Rex's story, you can go to chnetwork.org. He's been on the Journey Home program, shared the longer testimony. Um, you can you can hear more about his reasons and you know that that story, some of more of the details. Um, for today, though, you know, I thought we'd have a little discussion about prayer. Uh, and let me contextualize this a little bit. This is episode five of Deep in Christ. The first couple episodes, Ken Hensley, our colleague, and I, uh, we discussed this call to holiness that we all have as Christians, um, actually that we all have as humans, whether whether we know it or not. Um, but as Christians, we uh, we specifically know that we are commanded by Christ to be perfect as the Heavenly Father is perfect. And we know we can't do that, and so we need his grace, we need his help, and that's what the church offers us, you know, all the riches of, of devotion and sacrament that Christ intended for us. So we talked a little bit about the, the call to holiness, and then we talked about aspects of that life in holiness, um, and we, we drew from the catechism for that. And then I had a good discussion with my brother on virtue, and then I had a good, good discussion with Seth Payne, another of our colleagues, uh, on the saints last week. Um, this week, I wanted to turn uh, to prayer, and obviously on this show, um, we're going to be talking about prayer many, many times uh, down the road, many different angles, many different aspects, because obviously prayer is the very stuff of our life in Christ, because prayer is conversation. Prayer is this is the, the stuff of the relationship that we have with the Lord. So this, um, this is not intended to be the end-all, be-all discussion on prayer, and certainly none of our discussions here are end, uh, intended to be, you know, expert, scholarly uh, a teaching. This is just us two Christians having a discussion about what's on our hearts here and sharing that with the community of the Coming Home Network. So, but with that in mind, you know, today uh, when we're recording this, of course, you know, the world continues to be a messy and rather anxiety-inducing place at the moment. It's 2020. There's a pandemic going on. There's an election in dispute. Uh, who knows how long that'll go on? And of course, the church is full of sinners you and I and many others that continue to make a mess of the place. Um, and in the midst of all that, in the midst of all that busyness uh, of what's going on out there, in the midst of all the busyness going on in here, in our lives, our responsibilities, um, we have to figure out how to keep prayer, this relationship with our Lord and, and the very material of that relationship, uh, front and center. We know that we need it, but um, how do we continue to pray and put prayer in its place when doing so is difficult. Um, you and I live two very different vocations, um, but we have many good discussions about this because, of course, this is uh, prayer is um, something that your vocation allows you to, to really, uh, in a very concrete way, prioritize and put in its place. And so I thought we'd have a discussion about that. And one of the things that I'd like to interject there, John Mark, yeah. is that in the midst of all this uh, turmoil in the in the world and in the church and 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 in our families because of what's going on uh, around us, uh, yeah. the devil is right in the mix in the midst of that, stirring things up and continuing to divide us. Yeah. Uh, and divide us the, the great Diablo, right? The one yeah. who divides. And yet Christ is the one who unifies us. And uh, as the Catechism says in the in the section on prayer, our relationship with with the living and true God is prayer. That yeah. is the relationship with Christ, and so we need to focus in on prayer so that we keep uh, the first things uh, the first thing, right? Yeah. Uh, and so when we when we keep Christ at the center through prayer, uh, these other things take their rightly place. They're important, mm -hmm. but they're not as important as our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's such a great point, brother, you know, because I, I, whenever this kind of stuff is happening, which is all the time in some sense, you know, the, the, 
if if our relationship with God really is the point of our being here on earth and prayer is the stuff of that relationship, you know, is the is the biggest problem with what's going on out there, the evils in the world that we'll always have, we'll always have evil, we'll always have sin, we'll always have natural disasters, we'll always have scandal. Is the, is the real problem the thing itself or is it the problem that it's interrupting my and other people's relationship with the Lord? Mm-hmm. You know, if we if we don't let it distract us from that relationship, what could God do in the world to heal those things? Mm-hmm. But I often give up I, this is a this is a topic dear to me because I very often give up my peace to worry about those things going on out there. So well, I think it's the same again. It's the same regardless of our vocation, whether it's to marriage or to the priesthood or to some form of consecrated life. There's always that tendency to, because of the fall, I think there's that tendency to take our eyes off the most important thing and put them on secondary things. Absolutely, and uh, it's just a matter of realizing that that's. That's the world in which we live. That's the world in which uh, I live and move and have my being. And I need to uh, be ever mindful of the fact that I have to keep Christ front and center in my life so that I can deal with whatever this uh, wounded world brings to me. Yeah. And I want to read a relevant piece of the gospel that, you know, we're all very familiar with, but, I, you know, gives us some great food for thought on on this topic, especially as we experience this topic um, in our lives, you know, we can say in a theory that prayer is first and our relationship with God is first and that we trust God, we trust his great, we can say all those things, but when the, ru- when the rubber actually meets the robe, we often find ourselves our heart divided. So this is a reading from the gospel according to Luke, and this is Luke 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 38, and it's the, you know, the familiar story of Martha and Mary. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha received him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. One thing is needful. Mary has chosen the good portion, which shall not be taken from her. Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Um, obviously, a familiar verse. You know, we've all we've all heard it before. We've all read it before. But it faces us with this familiar situation. We're we're Christians. God's put us on this earth. <laughs> we have things to do. We have responsibilities. We have, you know, uh, in my case, I've got you know kids running around and the dog needs to be fed and I got to put food on the table and I got to do this job and I do that job. And I'm doing those things not necessarily not. You know, hopefully not just for myself, but because they're good things that I believe I'm called to. Um, but I'm, but they're supposed to be in service of my relationship with God, um, and we know that that prayer is that relationship. But somehow I end up in my life finding a tension between these two things. I'm concerned about all these things that are important, and that actually is keeping me from pr- uh, prayer. Maybe because I'm not making time for it, but even when I am, because my heart is very divided and anxious about many things. Yeah, it seems to me that the the, the gist of the story is not so much that uh, she was busy, right, but that she was distracted. Yeah, and so what we need to do is learn how to be busy about whatever it is we're doing, and be present in that moment, which is the only the only place we can really meet Christ is in yeah. the, in the present moment. Right, and uh, that can be the real challenge. It's not that we we can all we're not all called to a contemplative life, and even those of us in the contemplative life uh, have to do the dishes, have to cook meals. Right. Uh, yeah. So I think it's important that we don't we don't make a false dichotomy between one is better than the other. 
No, right. they're both important, but it's it's the in the doing. Can I be can I be mindful of our Lord Jesus Christ in the moment? You know, yeah. Uh, while I'm doing the dishes, or while I'm changing the diaper, or. You know, that's a, such a great point, and actually, it gets me to one place I wanted to go next with this, which is to recognize that there's different kinds of prayer. You know, we we recognize that as Christians, and especially if there are, you know, fellow Christians in the audience who aren't from a Catholic background. Again, your the the forms of prayer you're used to might be different than the forms that I'm used to. There are a variety of forms of prayer. You know, there's a there's a vocal sort of prayer. You know, the expository. You know, come Lord Jesus. You know, fill this place. You know, we're praying in the moment about what's on our heart. There's liturgical or rote prayer we do in the liturgy or when we're praying the rosary or we're doing the liturgy of the hours. There's a prayer of meditation, you know, of, of thinking about a text or thinking about something and, and it's sort of a, an, an exercise of, of focusing on something. And But there's also this, this prayer of, um, and I'll read a bit from the catechism, the prayer of contemplation that this kind of proceeds towards. One of the things I love about this passage from Luke is that it actually presents us – in one sense, I think it presents us with two forms of prayer uh, in, in an ideal sense. You know, we have um, Mary who's this doing this prayer of contemplation. She's simply being in the presence of the Lord, being open, being receptive, listening. Um, Martha is is doing her work, but as you pointed out, brother, it's not the issue that she's doing work. Obviously, we're called, we have things we need to do. The, the issue is there, her heart is distracted so that her work is not a, the prayer that it should be. And, and I think that, that it, you know, it's interesting to talk about different forms of prayer. I think there's a sense in which different forms of prayer, they feed into one another. On the one hand, we need the kind of prayer that Mary's doing. And I, again, I want to read a, a bit from the Catechism on, on contemplative prayer. But then the goal of that contemplative prayer is to spill out, by our being open to the Lord, for that to spill out and inform everything we do. Pope Francis just recently said something, or maybe it was something I was reading by uh, Sister Ruth Burroughs. If, any, if anybody's read anything about Sister Ruth, she's, Very good. as far as I'm concerned, spot on. Yeah. She certainly speaks to my condition. Um, but it's about how can I, how can I uh, do the dishes in such a way that my very activity becomes a prayer. Right. right? And I think that's important. So it, it, there's not this false dichotomy between... Uh, well, I'm not praying, uh, I'm doing the dishes. Well, no, it can become a form of service to our Lord uh, through that. Oh, I remember what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, Pope, uh, Pope, Fra- Pope Francis said something about uh, uh, healthcare workers uh, mm-hmm. and that they're, that they're offering. Oh, no, no. Okay. Here's what it was. He said that because we have to stay socially distanced and all that stuff, he began to do his general audiences now in the library with no audience. Mm-hmm. And he said, let us offer the distance that we have. Let's offer up the distance as a prayer for the healthcare workers who have to get up close and personal with people who are risking their lives nice. uh, to treat patients. And I thought that's beautiful. But yeah. even something that we see as restrictive, the mm-hmm. distance, right? we can offer that. That can be a form of prayer. Offer yeah. that to Christ. I thought that's beautiful. Yeah, that that intentionality in everything we do. You know, this that's gets the this that's gets back a little bit to you know my brother, uh, Father Peter, and I a couple weeks ago were talking about the virtues, and we focused a lot on the virtue of prudence, and we talked about how prudence is the the mother and mold of all moral virtue. You know that this 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 habit of soul of going through life awake and alert to reality and trying to translate that reality into decision. 
Well, that, that virtue is involved with this notion that we're talking about here of making whatever we do a prayer. Because if we're, if we're, if we're present to the moment, we're aware of what we're doing, and we're aware of the presence of God, then we can make this conscious decision to whatever we do, do it for the glory of God. May I read the quote? I just found it. Please do. Please do. <clears throat> so this was yesterday at, at the Pope Francis's general audience. This is he's, he's kind of opened up by saying, I'm sorry that we have to meet this way, but this is what we have to do because of the pandemic. Yeah. Let us offer to the Lord this distance between us for the good of all. And let us think, let us think a lot about the sick and about those who are already marginalized when they enter the hospitals. Let us think of the doctors, the nurses, the volunteers, the many people who work with the sick at this time. They risk their life, but they do so out of love for their neighbor as a vocation. Let us pray for them. And so he connects the fact that, that we have to be socially distanced. Yeah. Uh, he sees that as an opportunity to pray for those who, who um, again, who are working with the poor and don't have the almost the, what call it, the luxury of being socially distanced. That's yeah. probably not the right word, but I think it is. I get it. I mean, I think that's beautiful. So it's yeah. in the doing. It's in, it's. I just thought it was beautiful that he kind of mm -hmm. it's sort of stop stop me on that. Oh, the distance offered to Christ brings us closer. Yeah, that, that's that's a crazy paradox of the spiritual life, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever we do, whatever we experience, it all can be if we're again if we're prudent, if we're intentional about it, mm -hmm. if we live in the presence of God and we practice that. It all can be the stuff of prayer. Let me read. This is a little bit from the Catechism. This is this is uh, Chapter Three of Part Four of the Catechism. This is Paragraph Twenty Six Ninety Seven, um, and it writes: "The uh, prayer is the life of the new heart. It ought to animate us at every moment. But we tend to forget Him who is our life and our all. This is why the fathers of the spiritual life and the Deuteron." Deuteronomic and prophetic traditions insist that prayer is a remembrance of God often awakened by the memory of the heart. We must remember God more often than we draw breath. But we cannot pray at all times if we do not pray at specific times, consciously willing it. These are the special times of Christian prayer, both in intensity and duration. Hmm. And then I'm going to just jump down to paragraph 2699. The Lord leads all persons by paths and in ways pleasing to him. And each believer responds according to his heart's resolve and the personal expressions of his prayer. However, Christian tradition has retained three major expressions of prayer, vocal, meditative, and contemplative. They have one basic trait in common, in common composure of heart. This vigilance in keeping the word and dwelling in the presence of God make these three expressions intense times in the life of prayer. So, you know, I just, I want to say, a couple things about those two bits. Again, that was paragraph 2697 and paragraph 2699. Number one, it points out that prayer is the life of this new heart in Christ. Prayer is our very life in Christ. It's prayer. Okay. But in the ideal is that our whole life becomes a prayer. Mm -hmm. Everything we do, as you were talking about, brother, as, as Pope Francis was, was calling us to. But to do that well, the catechism points out we have to have these specific times of prayer, sort of where we're trained in that, where we we learn what it means to be in the presence of God through our conscious willing, through our setting aside of time. And in doing that, we're able to then let that that, that spills out, and we're able to to bring that to bear in everything in our life. John Mark, if I could, if I just interject something yeah. here, I don't know if you've done this. I'm certainly am guilty of this. Mm -hmm. I say I, well, how would I put it? 
I have those intentional times set in my in my life. Yes. And yet I can talk myself out of them. Yeah. Well, well, I pray all the time. Well, I'll make my drive to the post office a prayer. Right. Well, yeah, but <laughs> you know, I mean, it becomes an excuse right. for me that I can talk myself into believing that I'm actually thinking that's actually going to be as good yeah. uh, as sitting down in chapel with my God, the gospels in my hand or what have you, and actually engaged in praying. Right. Uh, and I don't know if you can, you know, I have this incredible capacity to believe some of the <laughs> stuff that I tell myself. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I don't know about you, but that's certainly my situation. Oh, I completely do. And, and again, I think this is a, an important point here about prayer, but we can also find it confirmed, I think, in our, our common human experience, you know, of relationship. You know, so I'm, I'm a, a husband and a father. And there is a sense, of, you know, to make an analogy here, there's a sense in which I might say to my my spouse, my wife, you know, and my children, well, I'm with you all the time. Like, you know, they, I work close to home. I go home for lunches. We homeschool. Like, we have a lot of time together. And so it would be very easy for me to say, well, wh- why do I need to spend extra date time with you, my wife? You know, we spend, we're together all the time. And same with the children. Like, we're together all the time. No, I know that, that, the value, you know, the, the real richness of, of all the time, the quantity time, you might say, uh, derives from the quality time. You know, I, I, must, mm. I must carve out those moments of quality time where I, I come to know the person, I come to really be receptive, open to them, so that when I go out into the quantity time, we might, so to speak, you know, um, that those are enriched by that. And so, so too with prayer, yeah, we want everything in our life to be uh, prayer. We want all of our work, all of our ups and as the morning offering says that my, my family prays the morning offering every morning. My my um, my prayers, my works, my joys, my sufferings of this day. Let those. I want those all to be a prayer. But for that to happen, I to some, I need to have those times of specific prayer where I go and, and I'm in the, I'm in the presence of God and I really explore and encounter that relationship. Beginning of chapter, beginning of part four of the catechism, mm-hmm. where it says this, uh, it says exactly, uh, we live our relationship, our personal relationship with the living and true God. This relationship is prayer. Yeah. Let's say that if I pray, I, I, it will lead me to a relationship with the Lord Jesus. It says the relationship itself is prayer. So, for instance, if if uh, if I say to somebody, "Tell me, uh, how's your how's your relationship with the Lord Jesus?" Great, couldn't be better, brother. Great. So, tell me about your prayer life. Well, I don't really have time. I don't have to spend a lot of time in prayer. I'm, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I really. Mm-hmm. So, tell me about this relationship that you have that you don't really have. You know, you have a relationship with somebody, but I'm not sure it's as good as you think it is, or with the Lord if you don't have time to pray, because the relationship itself is prayer. Right. And so this is also, again, why prayer, you know, it, because it's the relationship with God, we, we we see that it takes on many forms. It can be those specific times of prayer. It, it can be everything that we do lived in the presence of God intentional. Um, as I read in the catechism there, you know, it points out that uh, each believer responds according to his heart's resolve in the different uh, dif- different expressions of prayer. There are three in particular that it points out, This the vocal uh, prayer, uh, meditative prayer, or contemplative prayer, you know, very quickly, obviously, you know, vocal prayer, we're talking about when we, again, we, like when we get to the dinner table and I I expositorily pray, you know, for what's on my heart and what's going on in the family and the things that the family's praying for. 
you know, the meditative prayers where we take scripture, you know, Lexio Divina, we take scripture or some holy text and we, we, we read it and we think about it and we, we go through that exercise of exposing ourselves to something that is good and true and beautiful. But contemplative prayer um, is a really important point here because in some sense it, uh, it's, what do we want to say about contemplative prayer? Well, let me read a, a little bit from the cate- later on in the catechism to give us some material to talk about. This is. Can I point out something about the, the passage you wrote from you read from twenty six ninety nine? Yeah, go for it. <clears throat> Interesting thing that for me, and I think we missed this. Yes, is that so? It says the Lord leads all persons in paths and in ways pleasing to Him, and each believer responds according to his heart's resolve. Our desire to pray. Our prayer is itself a response to the Lord Jesus' initiative. God makes the first move. John said that, right? It's not that we love God. It's that God loved us first. And so my very desire to pray is itself a prayer, in a sense, and a response to the love of God touching my heart. God makes the first move. That's that's. It's not us in search of God. It's God in search of us. And then we, we are called to 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 meet him in this great mystery, this great uh, love affair. Yeah. Uh, Chesterton called it. Right? Yeah. So we're, we're responding, whether it's vocal or meditation or contemplative prayer. I just want to point that out. And such a, an important point too, and it gets back to you know the story of Mary and Martha, and also to helping us to understand this this contemplative prayer because that that emphasis that you just emphasized that that even our desire to pray it, itself is is God's. Um, grace working in us. That's so important because we can short circuit our prayer sometimes by trying to work too hard at it. Mm. You know, like if we, like Martha, are anxious and worried about many things, sometimes our response is to double down on our anxiety, double down on our anxious work, trying to work out our salvation anxiously. Like if I just pray harder, it'll just work out. But that's not, that doesn't work either. We need to be more open to God working in us. <laughs> yeah. Well, let, me, let me just read a little bit here. This is a paragraph 2709 uh, on contemplative prayer so that we can have that notion out there a bit more. What is contemplative prayer? St. Teresa answers, contemplative prayer, in my opinion, is nothing else than a close sharing between friends. It means taking time frequently to be alone with him who we know loves us. Contemplative prayer seeks him whom my soul loves. It is Jesus and in him the Father. We seek him because to desire him is always the beginning of love. And we seek him in that pure faith, which causes us to be born of him and to live in him. In this inner prayer, we can still meditate, but our attention is fixed on the Lord himself. So there's a sense in which, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, brother, there's a sense in which what we're describing with contemplative prayer is is sort of what, sort of what all of our prayer, the stuff around of our prayer you know, is leading to. Like when I, mm-hmm. I might start my prayer by speaking to God, making a sign of the cross, saying, saying my things, whatever. But that, that's leading us to that place where instead of me talking, I'm opening myself and mm-hmm. listening, right? Mm-hmm. And yes, exactly. And it's a, as it says later on in the catechism, that contemplative prayer at its, at its, um, at its highest level or deepest level is a gift from God. And so what we do is avail ourselves, right? I, I yeah. pray vocally uh, to uh, lead, to allow myself to be led deeper into Christ. I meditate on the Gospels to allow myself to be led deeper into Christ. And then at some point, 
some point, if it be God's will, yeah, something breaks open, and I'm in this union with Christ that I could never have imagined. Right. And ours is but a preparation. Yeah. For that, so when God chooses to give us that gift, uh, we're able to accept it. Why? Because we know the Father's voice. We know it is the Lord calling us in deeper and deeper union. We know that because we begin to listen, because we begin to come quiet and listen to our Lord speak yeah. in the silence of our hearts. Yeah. That's good. That's good. You know, I think with, with these, with, with what we've said in mind, you know, we, we've just kind of touched a little bit on, on some aspects of prayer here. And again, we're going to talk about prayer much more as we go, because this, if it's the very life in Christ, then we have a lot to talk about down the road. But for today, you know, like, let's just turn for a few more moments here in this discussion, you know, back to where we started in terms of the times that we live in, you know, this, this, this dilemma that we find ourselves in, um, Martha's dilemma of being anxious and busy with many things. We have distracted hearts, you know, um, uh, and how do we begin? What's, what's our first recourse? What do we begin to do when we recognize that about myself? I, I recognize that about myself this week, Brother Rex, with everything going on in the world. I, I'm very susceptible for being pulled into that and worrying about that and having that, that color everything I do rather than remaining in that peace uh, of God. And so when we recognize that, that about ourselves, and perhaps our first step is to repent of it a bit. But what do we begin to do to to take steps to um, to put prayer, to put this relationship back in its place? I want to talk practically about how we begin to do that. Well, I know what I had to do. I mean, I found myself getting caught up in the, in the excitement and the uh, of the, the election. So, and yeah. one of the things that I had to do uh, was I had to make a decision. Not to not to uh, read one more uh, post on the news feed about you know what state is winning what and so on and so forth because it would just feed my anxiety instead of praying for a for a good outcome whatever that means to me yeah. uh, the devil just I, I would just crank up my anxiety yeah uh, so I had to step away from that uh, the stimulus yes. Uh, uh, and allow myself to be quieted down in, in body, mind, and and spirit, so right. that I wasn't continually feeding feeding the machine, feeding the dragon. You know, oh, now what's going to happen? Oh, look! Oh, my goodness! Yeah. Because what's going to happen is going to happen. I may have some Im- impact if I pray. I'm yeah. not going to have any impact by being anxious about it. You had sent me a bit from the Office of Readings yesterday. This the sermon from uh, Saint Charles Borromeo. Um, you know, and I, and I was thinking about this. I mean, obviously, the first thing we want to say in terms of prayer, practically, is just do it. You know, show up. Like that's the most important thing. Is just not to give up and don't be discouraged. But you know, a, a next thing we might say, and this is the point that you're bringing up here, brother, is that well, take note of what I'm doing outside of my specific prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, because especially if, as we said earlier, the ideal here is for all of our life to be a prayer. If when I'm not in those specific times of prayer set aside for prayer. If I'm filling my mind and heart with much distraction, well, guess what? I'm going to find I'm going to find that when I go to pray. This is again, this is Saint Charles Borromeo, a sermon that he he gave. He writes or or says preaches. I admit that we are all weak, but if we want help, the Lord God has given us the means to find it easily. 
One priest may wish to lead a good holy life as he knows he should. He may wish to be chaste and to reflect heavenly virtues in the way he lives. Yet he does not resolve to use suitable means such as penance, prayer, the avoidance of evil discussions, and harmful and dangerous friendships. Another priest complains that as soon as he comes into church to pray the office or to celebrate mass, a thousand thoughts fill his mind and distract him from God. But what was he doing in the sacristy before he came out for the office or for the mass? How did he prepare? What means did he use to collect his thoughts and to remain recollected? Would you like to teach me how to uh, would you like me to teach you how to grow from virtue to virtue and how, if you are already recollected at prayer, you can be even more attentive next time and so give God more pleasing worship? Listen and I will tell you. If a tiny spark of God's love already burns within you, do not expose it to the wind for it may get blown out. Keep the stove tightly shut so that it will not lose its heat and grow cold. In other words, avoid distractions as well as you can. Stay quiet with God. Do not spend your time in useless chatter. It reminds me of that uh, saying, you don't hear it very much anymore, uh, at least in the circles that I travel, but the custody of the eyes, right? The custody of the mind. And uh, what can happen is that uh, the spark that, that, that lies within me, this desire to love God, uh, can it can be blown into flame by the Holy Spirit, which is prayer, yeah. or it can be blown out yeah. by the wind of the world. Yeah, and uh, I have to I have to learn how to uh, or I have to practice. I know how. Here's the thing, I I I know how to do some of this stuff. Yeah, and yet I have a built-in forgetter, and the yeah. devil continues to remind me that yeah, you don't know how to do this stuff. All right. Continues to distract me, I should say, yeah. uh, and can try to convince me that I don't know how to do it. Um, and so it's a matter of of uh, uh, being recollected, right? bringing all my bringing all my thoughts and all my and all my my being to this one point where I can be here now with our Lord. It's not it's not brain surgery. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when Paul in Romans says, "Let's just admit it, we don't know how to pray." Yeah. But the moment I admit that I don't know how to pray, I've begun to pray. Uh-huh. So, Lord, I don't know how to pray. Saint Jose Maria Scriva says that, right? Yeah. If you say you don't know how, to, if you don't think you know how to pray, sit down and tell the Lord, "I don't know how to pray." And at yeah. that very moment, you've begun to pray. I love that. <laughs> it's beautiful, and and it's so simple. Yeah. That we forget it. Yeah. We want we want to we want to complicate things, right? I think as we said earlier, again, one of our tendencies is when there's an issue, we want to become more active. We want to work harder. We want to double down. And precisely, the need here for perhaps is, is to stop for a moment, stop and be attentive. You know, another aspect of this, something I found helpful recently, we had, uh, the bishop of our diocese uh, came to dinner uh, recently, and we were talking, and I can't remember how we got to the topic, but he talked about. Uh, a seminar- seminarian he was instructing once who he noticed uh, could not sit still. Like even when he was praying, he was just always kind of fidgeting and moving around. And he, and he told the guy, hey, I want you to, here's, here's your prayer for the next hour. I want you to just sit on your hands. That'll be your prayer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he did. And he, he went on to tell about the, you know, how this, how this developed. But the, the point was the first step for this man was simply to stop doing, to stop acting, to be still for a moment. And I, I found that in myself, sometimes when I'm when I'm having trouble, uh, kind of being one in mind and spirit to be able to put myself in the presence of God, sometimes it's because I haven't really taken custody of my body, which is a shame because that's the easiest thing to take custody of. Usually, like I can decide to sit down 
And if I work at it, I can sit still, <laughs> you know. But then, um, then I find that I'm 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 more open to to being in the presence of God. It reminds me of a story. This is not a story. It happened to me many, 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 many years ago. I was having a, a, I don't remember what the issue was, but I was having a, I was very distracted. And I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll go to the coast. And the coast, you know, because I, I live here in Maine and I can go down to the ocean. At that time, I lived only not very far away. Yeah. And uh, so I go to the ocean, spend the day. Uh, that'll get me close to God. Yeah. Because of the ocean is not here. Yeah. So I realized once I got to the ocean, I walked around, I was still sort of miserable. And I said, Lord, I'm. I'm miserable. I'm, I'm down. This is beautiful. It's a beautiful day. I'm miserable. Where are you? And it was as if the Lord said to me, I didn't hear a voice, but I had this, this idea. I'm sitting back at your place on your porch. Had you not left, we would have met. <laughs> you know, like, Joe! Yeah. Right? yeah the don't. point was, if I had just sat with my hand, sat on my hands for an hour or so, mm. and I, I allowed allowed myself just to be there yeah that i would have had some something i don't want to say something would have happened at least not right at that moment yeah but but fruit would have been born from that yeah and even of course because of god's economy even going to the coast running from myself uh, fruit was born there because god i heard god speak to me but not not in the way that i had anticipated you know, in the context of this discussion, I think it, it, it fits. You know, someone might ask, okay, are now are you going to start talking about like, well, what to put in that prayer, the content, you know, uh, and we'll talk more about, you know, again, the, the types of prayer and maybe ways to go about it down the road. But I think it's maybe appropriate, actually, we start here at this moment, at this juncture for today to maybe say, and correct me if I'm wrong here, we might say that the content of, of your prayer is not so much important as your decision to just be there with God. Show up. Don't don't put off carving out that time, whether it's five minutes or ten minutes or thirty minutes, to just show up mm-hmm. because you're you're waiting to, f- to find something perfect perfect to fill that time with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as if I'll learn how to pray the office and then I'll start to pray. Right. Yeah. No, because if people are anything like me; they'll never learn to pray the office because there's always one more thing. Right. It's just suit up and show up. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Put on Christ and show up. Yeah, and allow the Lord to lead us. But I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, we can talk about techniques and methods, and all, mm-hmm. but it's really about the very first step is is responding to our Lord's. Right. If you have the desire, anything anything we've said here today sparks something in you mm-hmm. uh, positive. It's because the Lord has used it to draw you closer to Himself. So yeah. now we have to to just show up. Right. Yeah. It's hard work. <laughs> it sometimes. is. Yeah. I mean, you know. It's, how, what is that old saying? Um, it's simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. yeah. That's true for a lot of the spiritual life, it seems like. Yeah, simple, but not easy. Yeah. Well, again, I mean, thank you for showing up for this, Brother Rex. Thank you for being availing yourself and for this discussion. You know, well, I've enjoyed I think, it. I would, I would simply say thank you for asking me. I know it's, it's a little, it can be a little, uh, can be a little anxiety-producing for me. Um, <laughs> But uh, I'm glad that we've done this. And uh, I like what you said at the very beginning. We're not, I'm not an expert at prayer. I, I, I pray as best I can. I offer my prayer as best I can to the Lord, as I, I'm not sure you do. And whoever's listening to this or watching it, um, uh, 
One of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten was uh, from a, uh, a young, uh, not young, a, uh, a hermit who died. Actually, tomorrow will have been um, five or six years. And uh, she knew she was dying. And she said to me, Brother, I, I want you to have my car. And I said, trying to be, I don't know why I was trying to be, false humanly. So that's a little sister. Um, uh, I'm not worthy to take you. She wasn't driving anymore because she yeah. had been sick. I want you to take my car. I can't take your car, sister. I'm not worthy of your car. And she said, from her deathbed, well, just just offer your miserable self to God. <laughs> and I've never forgotten it because I thought that that really is the essence of prayer. I'm just offering my miserable self to God <laughs> in response to God. Yeah. God doesn't say you got to get good yeah. before you can pray to me. God's saying, "Come as you are." Right? Mm-hmm. Oh man! So I just you know I just have to every day I have to offer, just offer my miserable self to God. And allow God to do whatever God's going to do with me and in me and through me. Uh, but it's admitting that, yeah, I don't know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit, I don't have to know. I just have to show up. Yeah. And that's hard enough on something. That is, that is. Yeah, especially on days when there's just so much extra to distract us. But, you know, as we said, you know, we can work as, as St. Um, uh, Borromeo exhorts us. We can, we can take more care to the distractions we introduce or don't introduce into our life outside of prayer, you know, but then beyond that, you know, the main thing with prayer is just to show up. And so even amidst our busyness, you know, there, there is time we can, we can make time, even if we don't know, we're going to put into that time, we can carve out that time and simply be there in the presence of God. And that's where it may, may start. Live a recollected life, huh? Yeah. That's, that's, that's the call. I think for prayer is to live a recollected life. Yeah. So um, this is what the Lord can speak again, speak to us, through us, and in us. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you, brother. I really appreciate this. And and uh, maybe I might have to come visit the Hermitage again sometime. But I, I, I won't announce no, it. I'll just show up. I'll just show up. That way you don't have to be anxious about it beforehand. <laughs> oh, but thank you for joining us for this episode of Deep in Christ. I hope it's been edifying mm-hmm. to you. You know, again, in the midst of this busyness of the, uh, of the world, you know, please... You know, uh, take uh, as as Borromeo said. You know uh, that spark, that spark of God's grace in you, that desire to pray, fan it into flame, and be careful to guard it from from the winds of, of distraction. But again, we're all doing this together. That's what this this show is about. That we're all on this journey together as Christians, uh, wherever you might be. Again, in the context of the Coming Home Network, you know we have we have a variety of people. Uh, at different stages of the spiritual journey. There are people who are Catholic. There are people who have embraced the Catholic faith. There are those who are Christians, but coming from a different background, who may or may not be be open to the Catholic Church, but you have questions. We, we affirm each other in our baptism and in our common call to be holy. And this day, wherever we're at, we have the grace to, to make that time to be in the presence of our Lord. So at, at very least, let us do that today. And so... Uh, again, thank you for joining us for this discussion. Uh, you know, please follow the Coming Home Network. You know, subscribe here on YouTube or on your favorite podcast service so that you can follow along with this discussion. Um, and again, if you are someone who's interested in the Catholic Church, if you have questions, go to chnetwork.org. We'd love to walk that journey with you um, wherever it may be leading. So, once again, thank you for joining us. God bless, and we'll see you next week. God bless.